Mike Mike, Students for Psychology. We are here in today Germany in this lab about social workers. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, sure. So uh, my name's Leah Black. Uh, I work for a special school district, so I'm not employed through Melville. Um, so I work with kids in the building who have um, anxiety, depression, more significant mental health issues that really interfere with uh, their school day. That's kind of my, my role here. And then um, I've been here for, let's see, 13, 13 years, but my first year, my first several years I had multiple buildings, so I had like 12 bu buildings my first year, and then I had eight for a while and five, and so this is my second year at OHS full-time, just um, where I don't have to travel, which has been nice. Where were you before OHS? All the different buildings in Melville. Oh, okay. So yeah, and then prior to that, I was in like a rural elementary school in Highland, and I worked in Highland. Is elementary school like the same as the high school, or? So different, so different. I, I worked at the, when I worked at the elementary school, I hadn't had kids yet, and so I really enjoyed that, and I didn't, Actually, had I known that I was going to work mostly with high schoolers when I interviewed for this job, I wouldn't have taken it because I didn't think I ever wanted to work with high school kids. Mm -hmm. um, it just seemed like intimidating to me and like just something that I didn't think that I would be very good at. And then when I came here, um, I would never go back to anything like that. I love working with teenagers. I, in fact, my husband calls me the um, teenage whisperer. Oh. <laughs> um, and I call myself the teenage whisperer also sometimes because I'm really good mm -hmm. at talking and just, I feel like I'm pretty good at talking with teenagers and trying to understand them and trying to help their parents understand them because they're kind of a different species. <laughs> You're a different species, sorry. So do kids come to you asking for help or do you seek them out? So I have a caseload um, of kids that I see in the building. Um, so I, I co-teach a class, it's, the name's so cringy, um, it's called Teen Issues. We wish it would change, but we, we're working on it. Um, so I have like a small group of kids, um, four sections of it. And so we teach coping skills and then we do kind of like group therapy. So we go around and scale depression, anxiety, whatever's going on, and then talk about family issues and whatever's going on with them. And then we teach, um, I teach with another special ed teacher, um, and we teach coping skills. So um, we do like mindfulness and a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, we do a lot of art, like Russian art, and those types of things. So that's where my most of my day is spent in those classes, and then I have kids that come down um, that I see individually. Um, and then I see some kids that don't have IEPs, um, just from other kids. I'm not kind of supposed to see a ton of kids that don't have that, that IEP since I'm hired, you know, through special school district for kids with IEPs, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Why do you think it's like they're home so much? Um, like their depression? Mm -hmm. um, so I would say most of 
a lot of the kids that I work with have significant trauma in their homes already. Um, and so some of their depression, mental health issues are kind of woven into um, their trauma, things that have happened to them. So um, it's just different for every kid, honestly. Um, I think each kid kind of has a unique story and different impacts um, at school. Is there something that they work into? Yes. So I think the thing that I see the most, um, a lot of anxiety to where um, they can't, so many, one of my students can't just even go, come into the building. So I'll go out and like push them out of the car, um, extreme uh, like social anxiety, um, just irrational fears that, you know, multitude of things could happen and it's just it's it's not real but it's real to them um and I'm sure you guys do a lot of your friends I'm sure I'm sure all of you have experiences with friends who have panic attacks and depression and self-harm and they're in the hospital I mean it's it's a different time it was not like this it's not always been like this with mental health but it's certainly different and how do you think like Some, there have been, actually there's a couple cases that I have now that are mysteries to me. Um, it's more straightforward when you can see, well, there was a trauma. So if somebody was molested as a child, you, you know that a lot of their depression, their self-worth issues, their self-harming, they're using drugs and alcohol to cope with what happened, right? So that, you can kind of connect the dots on that. The ones that are more confusing, I think, for me are when you have uh, really good, solid parents. Their parents seem great. They, you can't figure out any specific thing that happened. Um, and then, so in those cases, sometimes it's a genetic um, situation where you can look back and say there was a grandparent with schizophrenia. There was a, a family member that had, you know, a lot of mental health issues. But sometimes there's not even that. So you're just scratching your head, kind of, with trying to figure out what happened and why it got so bad, you know, so quickly. Because most of the kids I work with have had, you know, suicidal parents have been in and out of the hospital, and it's pretty significant. Um, and they're not, they're not able to function in school. Like, you know, they, they have to take a lot of breaks failing grades or we have to do a reduced schedule so they're only here a few hours um, a day because they can't make it the full day sometimes. Before we said that um, you make this organized symbiosis, what kind of method do you like to I wish I knew. I really, I, I think that it's a lot of different things. I think, um, I think you guys are experiencing so much more anxiety than ever before. I think it's pressure um, you put on yourselves, pressure that your parents sometimes maybe put on you. Um, then the comparison with social media, I hate to say that word because I know that probably I get sick of hearing that, but I think just that comparison and then comparing 
yourself, what you see in your mirror, to what is sort of put out on social media is so false. And we all know that, but it still makes us feel bad when we see it. Um, and then I think, um, I, I think there's a lot of forgetting empathy. So like actual um, eye contact actually helps actually develop your empathy, you know, skills. And how much eye contact do you get now versus, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago? Well, we're all, me included, we're on our phones a lot. And so I think it's just caused us to be just that disconnected and feel lonely. It's kind of the way that I've seen it. And then I think, I also think with you guys uh, having, you know, me too, with like I have my phone as my alarm, but like I'm not getting texts and like message like all night long from my friends. Like that doesn't happen as an adult, but I think it does for you guys. And so then you're not getting good sleep. So I think that plays into it too. I don't know. Those are just some of the things that I think are probably contributing to it. Things just, and, and I think there's a lot of trauma that you're also experiencing from just viewing things repetitively. Like there's all this um, research to show that when you see um, parking cheating and you do that numerous times, and we've all seen it, that it creates a response in us that's um, that's almost like we revolt. You know, so I just I think we're just being exposed to like so many things that are causing problems for us and that are unhealthy for us um, in general. I feel like there's a real pressure to think that the individual is the problem with this. Mm -hmm. So we have a school psychologist. She shares an office with me. Um, she does the testing to diagnose um, kids here at school with what would be called, uh, it's called a emotional disturbance. Um, sorry guys, I don't know, my door's doing something weird. Um, so she does a lot of um, testing on kids to say, um, do you qualify for this or not? So the, the factors are experiencing um, depressive symptoms for a period of time and those depressive symptoms are like, you know, the stuff that you guys see on TV, which what cost-consistent things you used to enjoy, and being more tired, unmotivated, um, low self-worth, things like that. Um, and then it has to have an impact on, um, in the person at school. So it has to also, you know, kind of be causing some sort of issue at school. So that's why, unfortunately, like you guys, when I sometimes meet with, like, broadcasters, I'll talk to kids afterwards, and the kids that seem like they have nothing going on will talk to me later and have all sorts of things going on. They just cope really well with it. And they manage to get really good grades. So they never get the help, you know, like that I provide with some other kids that are struggling in school. Um, so there is a whole diagnostic process. But there's a lot of kids that are diagnosed with depression or anxiety that don't get help from me specifically because they do well in school. So if they get diagnosed by our school psychologist as having a disability, yes, then I'm involved with them. 
um, if they go to their pediatrician and their pediatrician says, yeah, you definitely seem like you have some depression, they'll start you on an antidepressant. And let's say that parent sent that information to me, they wouldn't automatically be seen by me. Um, but we have to determine if there's an education involved. So that's kind of a different Sort of, right? The parent, so there just has to be enough evidence to, to kind of support that, um, that the kid is not doing well at school. And, that, and that's kind of, you know, that is not to say that if, so I have a lot of kids that will email me or will come by to see me that I don't know that don't have IEPs because they're struggling with something and they talked to a friend and their friend sent them to me. And I always see them. Um, I just am not, I don't have the availability because I teach those classes. So I don't have as much time. Like I'm not bouncing off the walls, if that makes any So it's just, there's kind of a, of like a process. Um, but usually like if a parent had a concern with their kid because their kid was struggling with depression, they would call the grade level counselor and the counselor would maybe put a referral in or the parent would request that a referral be put in for special school district, which is how I would end up being involved. So we have like many of those that happen every year. I have a question. Isn't it kind of like a screening process? Does the actor get some do the same for each child? No, it's, it's all different. So some of them, I would say it goes into two categories, like uh, internalizing behaviors or externalizing behaviors. So some of them, you know, um, they're, they get in fights, they're at school, you know, they're getting in fights, they're aggressive to people, they're not able to manage themselves. For some of them, it's really, um, you would never know it because it's all internal. So they might be self-harming and parents don't even know, you know, or they might be, um, you know, just really struggling, but not, it, you can't see it on the outside. But I think the big things that are common among almost all kids that have trauma are at some point turning to drugs and alcohol um, just to try to cope with the feelings. That's really common. Um, and at school doesn't matter. You know, if you're dealing with something really, really, that's really big in your life, math just doesn't, it just doesn't matter. It's not important, you know, um, to a kid that's got, other things that they're trying to survive at home, um, which is hard to explain to the math teacher that that is required to teach them math, you know. So. How long do you think the biggest disconnect in people have is it the different generations of math? I mean, I think they're all it's lifetime. I mean, I think depending on the severity, um, I keep in touch with some kids. Like they'll call me or email me, um, and so. I think high school tends to be one of the hardest times for the kids that I work with because they don't feel successful in school. They don't want to be successful in school. They just, it's not, a, it's just not a priority because of the other stuff that they're going through. Um, but a lot of them are really hard workers and end up doing great on the job floor, you know? And so I'm always trying to remind parents that just because your kid is struggling so much in high school doesn't mean they're, they're never going to be successful. Um, um, but yeah, I think the earlier, so the kind of the guideline is the earlier that th something happened and the 
the duration and the severity is kind of usually kind of how you can decide how much of an impact it's going to have on your brain. The younger you are, even if you were just two, you don't have any memory of it, it will impact you more likely um, than if you were five and you can remember it. So psychologically, it's like where your um, trust is developed and then you're Like the environment that they have. Um, I mean, like what they they had as far as like exposure. Oh, yeah, I think so. I think, I think it's all different though. I see some kids who really respond to something that's really really structured. You wouldn't think that they would respond to that, because you would think that they would, they would not want a real structured teacher. But in fact, sometimes they need that, you know, and they do better with that. I think it, I think it just depends on the kid. And the relate, I think the relationship with the teacher is really critical. You know, if you have, if the kid has a relationship with the teacher, it will be so much better. You know. Do you remember the meetings that the teachers had to explain how children are going through with that? Yeah, I tried to keep the teachers in the loop. Um, at the beginning of the year, was kind of giving them information, um, and then also uh, just kind of. As things come up, um, trying to tell the teacher like something big happened at home, you know, the student's likely going to be distracted, uh, they might need to take more breaks, things like that without maybe going into, you know, what happened, uh, depending on if the family wants the teachers to know. Sometimes they, you know, if it's a sickness, it's not just death, a lot of, you know, parents who are dying of cancer, things like that. And, um, you know, sometimes they... I think the teachers sort of need to be involved, you know. What are the key rules for determining if a child needs special care for an autistic student? So it's um, the time frame, the impact on their education, um, the de chronic depressive symptoms, um, and then you experience something and it shouldn't be that big of a deal but it is a big deal for you so that's kind of on one of the um, criteria also um, so they have to meet several different criteria but a lot of it is determined through behavior rating scales the teachers fill out the parents fill out the kid fills out an interview with the kids observed um, in different settings uh, so it's a, it's a lot of data you know that, that we collect try to make sure uh, it's necessary um, for the teacher to help with that. What does that look like exactly? Is therapy the only option for children? So therapy, uh, medication um, are the main treatments for almost all mental health issues. Um, there is a lot more evidence to support a lot of movement, like rhythm and movement um, and repetition that can help to like kind of prepare the brain if a 
been trauma, but just some stuff that I've been working on and that I, I, I mean, I think there's just more and more interventions out there um, that are coming up. Um, so I'm hopeful that things hopefully things will get better and people will be able to get, you know, the help that they need. This is Psych Mike signing off. Stay tuned for more inquiries. Thank you.